0: Welcome to our cloth with the Sun daily Podcast, our daily reading and meditation of the Gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Thursday, August the 3rd, 2023 and our reading for today. It is the 17th Thursday in ordinary time and our reading is from the Gospel according to Saint Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field, which a person finds and hides again, and out of joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. When he finds a pearl of great price, he goes and sells all that he has and buys it. Now, as I'm reading this, I'm realizing it's the wrong day. <laughs> I saved the uh, the website and it brought me back to yesterday. Okay, well, that was a nice gospel. Here's a continuation. This is today's. Jesus said to the disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like a net thrown into the sea, which collects fish of every kind. When it is full, they haul it ashore and sit down to put what is good into buckets. What is bad they throw away. Thus it will be at the end of the age. The angels will go out and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace, where they will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Do you understand all these things? They answered, yes. And he replied, then, every scribe who has been instructed in the kingdom of heaven is like the head of a household who brings from his storeroom both the new and the old. When Jesus finished these parables, he went away from there. So we continue with these parables Jesus is giving us about heaven and hell. We've already heard the one about the, uh, the weeds and the wheat, and this is very similar, the net thrown into the sea. There's good and there's bad, and there's a separation that will occur at the end. People need to be horrified of this, especially people that are living very far from the Lord right now. And, of course, the parables uh, regarding the seeds— And then he goes on to say the scribes who have been instructed in the kingdom of heaven are like the head of a household who bring from the storeroom, both the new and the old. Let's talk about that a little bit today. The new and the old God blesses both. God loves both. God is both new and old. This could be a concept that's a little bit challenging. We understand God being old. (laughs) Some people don't understand Jesus being as old because they don't realize that he's God. He's the second person of the Trinity. Uh, But certainly, I I mean, yeah, even with Jesus, hopefully we can think this way. But definitely with God the Father, we can think, okay, he's older than me. (laughs) He's older than the world. He's older than the universe. In fact, he created time. When we start to think Just try this little mental exercise, go back in your mind time-wise, and then go back, and then go back, and then go back, and God's still there, and then go back further, go back further, and are the scientists right that say, you know, the universe is 20 billion years old? Okay, well, we weren't here. Nothing was here. Nobody was here. The dinosaurs weren't here, if that's true. I mean, some people say it's not true. It's just to uh, push the theory of evolution because evolution would have to take that long, and uh, anyway not to get into that debate today but just to think about going back in time back in time back in time there's got to be something before and before and before the reason we think that way and it's hard for us to go all the way back to the beginning is because we are temporal beings you and i were born in time so i think a better way to think about it that just helps me to like you know get get off the permanent loop going on inside my brain is just to think time is a creation, and God made it. So therefore, God in his essence, this is before Jesus taking on our humanity, and now there's a change that happens in God. God is the second person of the Trinity is both God and man. That's different, and that's another whole thing to ponder and think about and philosophize about and read lots of books about. But we're just thinking about God, Father, Son, and Spirit in their essence, in their Spiritual nature, they created time. So therefore, they exist outside of time. They made time. I mean, they can enter into time, hence Jesus becoming one of us, but they exist outside of time. So it's not a question of before this, before this, before this. No, it's, it's something different, which I can't grasp with my simple human mind. I can't grasp it, that there's something other than time out there. And that's where God is. Yet he loves us so much. He made us in time and then he entered time to come and rescue us, to come and save us. Imagine this person, Jesus, and in his human mind, <laughs> what must have been going through his mind that I'm bigger than all this, although I can't fully reveal it to these people. And I'm here for a mission to die for them. I'm here to teach them, to heal them, to die for them, to rise from the dead. That's his mission. But imagine, and, and he's got total humility about it too. Imagine how prideful we would be if we possessed such gifts, but that he's bigger than this. He created time anyway. So God is older. That's just the point I'm getting back to in this reading. God's older than all of us. So it's easy to think of God as old. Yet God is also new. When we read about the son being eternally begotten of the father, that means the father is constantly giving birth to the son. We can speak of it as begetting. We can speak of it as generation. That's another word that's used. Um, In eternity, the Father, because it's outside of time, it's different from time. It's not like, okay, the Father gives life to the Son and then it's over. And then the Son, now there's like this separation or something. No, the Father is eternally producing the Son, eternally generating the Son, eternally begotten. That's what that means. That means at every moment, Jesus is born again. In a way, you know, he's brand new. So there is a newness in God and that's why new things can keep happening. And if we, if, if I mean, time is meant to end, the earth is meant to end, but let's just say this world went on forever. Heaven forbid the way it is with the sin. But even if time were meant to go on forever and in a way, maybe time does go on forever when we talk about heaven and the fact that you and I are beings born in time, we're temporal beings That means I mean, and you and I, we think of it in terms of entertainment because that's our society We're we're over inundated with entertainment. So let's just think about it as entertainment just for a moment. God will be entertaining us with something new. You know, our movies today, they can't even come up with something new. They're just repeating the same old themes over and over and over. They keep redoing the old movies. But God constantly tells a new story. There's always something new when you're with God in heaven, God willing, we all will be when we're with God in heaven for all eternity, every day, even though who knows what, how days work in heaven, maybe there's just one day and that's it. I'm pretty sure that is how it is. There is no night, but regardless of that, every day, every moment, however you want to measure time, if time exists in heaven, there's constantly something new. God is constantly telling us a new story. He's constantly revealing a new thing. It's something to ponder that's just mind-blowing. God is always new. There's always something new because he's infinite. And he's the, the, the Father eternally begets the Son. So the Son is constantly being begotten, and the Father is constantly doing the begetting. And the Spirit is that power, that love that goes back and forth between them. The son is constantly thanking the father. The son is constantly loving back the father saying, father, your will be done. Father, I, I love you. Father, I, I respond to your love with the same love. He's infinite too. And he's omnipotent. So there is this constant newness. We get bored in our lives because it's like, ah, uh, the same old stuff. Well, God uses that boredom to hopefully teach us patience and charity and kindness and perseverance, these are gifts that we're going to need to be, order, to, to be able to be in heaven. And we're going to have to be stronger than we are in a way, but it's stronger through God's grace. But yes, God is constantly producing new things. It's, it's a lot to ponder. We could talk a lot more about it, but now I just want to move to the next thing. How does this affect us in our world? Some people cling to the new. They always need a fad. We know these people. They're all around us. Some people, however, constantly need the old, and that's it. They reject the new. They only want the old stuff. And the reality is God is both. I personally love the old And I love the new, I would say I probably tend more to love the old, but God is new. God is always doing new things. So for example, in the camps of what we would call conservative Catholics, you have people that are really into the traditional Latin mass and the old days and wearing the veils and all that stuff. And then you have people that are into theology of the body and a little bit more of a psychological standpoint. And I mean, all these beautiful things that come out of theology of the body and the philosophy behind it being phenomenology and the uniqueness of each person. And, you know, these two camps criticize each other, but the reality is both are good and both are needed and both are beautiful. The problem is when you have contemporary Catholicism, that's throwing out the baby with the bathwater. Well, we don't need the sacredness anymore because we're going to just focus on ourselves. That's not new. That's actually sin. And lots of sin has been brought into our worship. Hey, everybody, I'm the priest. Look at me. I'm going to entertain you now. That really, when you look deeper at it, it's a sin. A lot of priests feel like they're supposed to be doing that. All right, it's my job to get up and carry everybody in in terms of my personality. And I got to entertain everybody. Well, yeah, you know, we need to look at that because that's not worship. The mass is worship. It's not entertainment. It's not about, hey, everybody, look at me. I'm the facilitator of our morning exercises that are all about us. Let's sing a song about how great we are. Mm, That's that's a problem. So that's not new. That's egotistical. (laughs) And egotism has always existed for right back to the angels and the battle in heaven. And that's... It's a shame, but the new mass and all the abuses that happen in the new mass, there's there's a lot of parallels there with the fall of the angels. You know, they're worshiping God in heaven. They're right there in the presence of the old and the new at the same time, and everything is beautiful and everything is good, and they want to make it about themselves. Yeah, that's not a new thing. That's a sinful thing. But anyway, let's get off that topic. Let's just stay focused here a little bit longer, and I got to go soon on this concept of the old and the new in God, and God is constantly doing both. So yeah, a great example is, I mean, it's the new evangelization. It's funny because people of a more traditional Latin mass kind of mindset will say there is no new evangelization. We just need to go back to the old. What I say to them is you guys are the new evangelization because you're young. And when I see these young families coming in and they wear the veil and they kneel down for communion and and they're just awesome. They have these big families that are just awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of new going on there, whether you like to admit it or not. You're doing stuff that's old and that's good because that old stuff is good. You're listening to Palestrina, you know, you're listening to Gregorian chant. That's old stuff, but it's timeless stuff. But at the same time, there's so much new. You talk to these young families that are going to this Latin mass or that are homeschooling, get to know them. And you know what? They're playing pickleball, <laughs> right? Which I still don't even know what it is, right? It's a new thing. It's a new phenomenon. It's a new fad. That's a cool thing. It's it's nothing sinful. If It's one thing if they said, oh, I'm listening to like, you know gangster rap or thrasher metal or something like that that has words in it about killing your parents or something like, okay, that's not about being new. That's about being sinful. That's different. But no, I mean there's so many things that I talk to them about that they're into that are very contemporary. And just, to, you know, the fact is with phenomenology and theology of the body, every human being is not just made in God's image but they're unique and unrepeatable. That's the message of Pope John Paul, unique and unrepeatable. So every baby that comes out of the womb never existed before. There is something, someone new coming out of the womb and it's beautiful. God is just constantly doing new stuff. That's the new evangelization. The new evangelization I would define as something truly it began with Pope John Paul and his traveling the world And World Youth Days and all his evangelization efforts, but it's being carried out in some of the stuff I've just described. There's this new teaching, Theology of the Body, and things connected to it. But there's also, yeah, there's young people returning to traditional things. And you know why? because they love Jesus and they want to focus on authentic faith and not for it to be about somebody's personality. And you know, what's also happening in the contemporary world, praise and worship. And, uh, you know, all right, uh, like there's different Christian um, denominations. All right. We might not agree with the things that some of these other denominations believe in, but at the same time, there is this renewal of focusing on Jesus. You know, if a young person tells me that they're into music, like I said earlier, you know, if they're into stuff that's all kinds of explicit lyrics and sinful stuff. All right. That's not just that's not new. That's that's sin. And sin is very old. Sin has always been here. It just it comes out in new ways, I guess but that's still sin. But if a young person tells me, Oh, I'm listening to K love radio, you know, um, praise and worship music where we're singing these songs that are loaded with Bible verses and worship. Yeah. Guess what? That's new. And that's good. It's old too. Cause it goes back to the Bible. So much of it does, but it's a new thing. It's a new phenomenon. And this is also part of the new evangelization and it's beautiful and it's good. And we want to encourage people driving in your car, Yeah, turn on k turn on these Christian stations, listen to this music and sing the words of the Psalms. That's what Jesus did. I don't know the Jewish harmonies, the Jewish melodies that Jesus would have sang because he did. He, He sang the Psalms and who knows? He might have been walking around with his apostles. They might have just been singing these songs. And for them, that was contemporary music. So we should be doing it too as followers of Jesus. There's nothing wrong with secular stuff too as long as it's not sinful. We can mix that in, mix it up and we glorify God in our singing and in our sports and in so many other things that we get involved in, our hobbies, our interests, the way we share our talents, you know, the way we we practice the arts. And remembering, okay, I'm focusing on the new here, but As we go forward in our faith, as we go forward in our duty to evangelize and transform culture, we need to be reading books. We need to understand history. We should understand the history of the Jews. We should understand the history of the church. We should be familiar with it. And if there's disagreements on did it happen this way or that way, well, we need to do a little more reading and make sure we know, you know, and and how to interpret passages of the Bible. You know, a guy like Scott Hahn is so great. Well, he's one of many, but he's so great because, and he's one of the more popular ones, but he constantly goes back to the fathers and he goes back to the original languages. And he says, what does this word mean here? Why did they use this word? What are the implications of this word? Especially if you're one of the original hearers of this passage, what is St. Paul saying? What are the gospel writers telling us? So it's all important and it's all good. We need to become students of life on every level in order to grow as human beings, to grow in our faith, to spread the faith, to help others to grow. For myself personally, I do, I read books, but I also listen to audiobooks, and there's four themes that I'm constantly touching on. I try to alternate these themes. One is just pure fiction because you know it's a good exercise of the brain I, I enjoy like for example Star Wars novels the all the newer well they're they're not they're kind of getting old now but they were new they're newer than the original movies Um and I love them and I love reading them and they're good entertainment for the brain. And it's 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 healthy stuff for a person to be reading. I go to the beach and I sit there and I read a Star Wars novel or whatever. You know, sometimes I go out and have breakfast by myself and do a little reading because it's good exercise for the brain. But also, I love to read history. I love to read uh, contemporary politics and just see what's going on and why is this happening and how is it connected to our founding. Um... I love to read psychological type books, you know, to, to help understand, like, why does my brain work the way it does and how can I help other people with their struggles? And I love to read also religious books to grow spiritually, to grow in my understanding of, of my own faith, the history of the church, etc. I love to read spiritual books and it inspires me to want to go deeper in my relationship with God. So here today, we've had a little meditation on the old and the new. We are called to be scribes for the kingdom of heaven. We are called to be heads of our own households. And sometimes that just might be you yourself, (laughs) me, myself, but to constantly be bringing out the new and the old as God intends, striving to understand, Lord, what do you want me to know here? What do you want me to read? What do you want me to understand? Help me to keep growing in my knowledge Help me to synthesize it all, to understand it all, and to be a better teacher of my faith and of just simply understanding humanity to others. So, Lord, help us to do this. And Our Lady, who is the seat of wisdom, will help us. She raised Jesus. She and St. Joseph raised Jesus in his humanity. So even though he's God, he still needed to be taught. And they wish to teach us as well. We could think of them always as our teachers, as they are, in fact, teachers of the body of Christ and we are its members. Have a great day, everybody. God bless you.